0: I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man, said by Abraham Lincoln. I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible, D.L. Moody. The primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible, but to know God, James Merritt. No educated man can afford to be ignorant of the Bible, Theodore Roosevelt. Every Christian who does not study, really study, the Bible every day is a fool. R.A. Tory. If you are ignorant of God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. Billy Graham. Delighting in God's word leads us to delight in God, and delight in God drives away fear. David Jeremiah. Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Ronald Reagan. Visit many books, but live in the Bible. Charles Spurgeon. When you open your Bible, God opens his mouth. Mark Batterson. I love a good quote. Raise your hand if you love a good quote. Quote. Yes, I, uh, when I'm reading through books, uh, I, I uh, will take notes of uh, different things I take note of. And I love just those little one-liners that, bam, just hit you right in the spot, right in the heart. And uh, these are some wonderful quotes uh, from some very wise men who understood the importance of God's word. That uh, some people went on to say, you are some of these wise men went on to say, if you aren't into the Bible, you're a fool. Knowing the or reading the Bible is all about understanding God and understanding God's will, um, and uh, so much more pure gold uh, within uh, the words of these fine gentlemen who truly did understand uh, the importance of. God's word here and the true miracle it is that we have access to the writings of guys like Moses, guys like Paul, thousands of years later, we have access to them. There are millions of copies of these words throughout the world. Truly, it's nothing short of a divine miracle. That tells me that God wanted you Here today, in the year 2021, God wanted you to have access to what he shared with his people, the words of God himself. And God's word is going to be our focus uh, this morning as we continue our series on being a member of God's church. Last week, uh, we talked about, uh, or two weeks ago, we introduced this series, and we talked about what the church is. The church is basically a group of people who belong to God, and we talked about where the church has been and where the church is headed, and ultimately, the church is headed towards the kingdom of God, where everything wrong with this world is going to be made right. That's the promise that we have access to if we are a part of God's church. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be a part of God's church. And again, our focus isn't here on the North Hills level. Our focus here is on the universal church of God. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be a part of, to be a part of God's church, the church that Christ established, uh, really have, it, have its roots all the way back to Adam and Abraham. And there's just so much going for the church. Um, but at the same time, there are expectations to be a member of Of God's church. Not any and everyone can be a member. The invitation is open for everybody. But if you want to be, if if you want to accept the invitation to be a part of the best membership, the best group in the entire world, then there's going to be expectations of you just like membership to any other club or group that you can find today. And so the first expectation that we talked about last week was prayer. We need to constantly be praying to God. Paul said, "Pray without ceasing." And so we need to communicate openly and honestly with God. We need to find that alone time with God to just be still. Take a deep breath, get away from your spouses, get away from your kids, Get away from your family, friends, coworkers. Get away from the worlds. And just spend that alone time with God. We have to realize that prayer really does make a difference. And so that was our focus last week, how we are expected. If we want to be a member of God's church, we're expected to pray constantly. And today, our focus will be on our expectation that we need to be reading God's word. If you want to be a part of God's church, which we all should be, should want to be a part of God's church, then you got to be reading his word. So to start off this morning, let's go ahead and take a look at the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. We're going to be taking a look at uh, the transition from Moses to Joshua. So we have to understand this morning that Moses was the guy. I mean, the Jews, they revere Moses as like the most important hero of their faith. He's kind of uh, the guy who really established the nation of Israel after Abraham's family was already established and his grandson Israel and so forth and all of their descendants, the different tribes. Moses was the guy who really freed Israel from slavery in Egypt and delivered them over to the promised land in Canaan, the land that God saw fit for his people. And so Moses, he was awesome. If we could, if we could just be half of who Moses was, I mean, uh, we would be on top of our game as he was the leader of the Israelites, the leader, like the leader of God's church, the God's church back uh, around 1500 B.C., Now, unfortunately, Moses, he had a little slip-up, a really minor slip-up, it seems like. Um, And so he was forbidden to enter the promised land, the land that God promised Abraham and his descendants. And so this is where Joshua comes into play. Joshua was the successor to Moses. He was a follower of Moses. Joshua was one of the, the two good spies that said, hey, we should go forth and enter the land of Canaan. Well, now it was time for Joshua to shine, but man, I would not want to be Joshua. He had such big shoes to fill, the shoes of Moses. And so God, as he commissions Joshua in chapter 1, saying, hey, Joshua, you're my man. You're the guy who's going to lead my people. This is part of what God instructed Joshua We'll just be reading from verse 7 and verse 8. So this is God talking to Joshua, and he says, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God, I kind of think of this as, uh, you know, like the boxing ring in the corner. And, you know, these, these coaches, these mentors, they're, they're hyping their, their guys up. That's kind of what I envision here And God and Joshua. He's kind of hyping up his man Joshua, saying, hey, Joshua, don't be scared. Be strong and courageous. You got this. And as you go and lead my people, there's a couple things you have to remember, Joshua. You must remember to meditate on the book of the law both day and day and night day and night you need to meditate on the book of the law now some of you guys may be asking well what exactly is the book of the law basically the book of the law was the bible that joshua had the book of the law consists of genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy you know those are the first five books of your bible and that's really the only scripture uh, that Joshua had access to, as the rest of the scripture was uh, yet to be taken place. It was all in the future. So, in a sense, uh, this was the Bible uh, that Joshua had—the Book of the Law. And so, God instructed—God Mo- instructed Joshua to meditate on this word both day and night. He was not to depart. It was not to depart from his mouth. It was to be on his mouth, on his heart, and on his tongue both day and night. And now when we read this, we, we have to understand that this command to meditate on uh, the books of the law, it is directed, it's directly given to Joshua. When, when we read this, it's not God talking directly to us but the thing is, uh, it's similar to, to most of the scriptures that we read, we can uh, put ourselves in these people's shoes and these truth, these commands, they apply to us as well. That's why when God gave, uh, you know, like the, the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, when God told Moses to tell the Israelites, hey, don't commit murder, you better believe that, co- that, that applies to us as well. In the same exact sense, when God tells Joshua to meditate on his word both day and night, that applies to us as well. We need to be meditating on God's word both day and night. We need to be reading and studying and meditating On his word. It applies to all of us. Now, me personally, I'll I'll have a moment of confession here. Meditating on God's word is something that I don't practice often. I I, I need to practice it way more often. I haven't practiced it in quite a while. I'm more into reading and studying God's word. But I need to to remember to, to meditate, to sit still, focus on a piece of God's scripture, release all my other thoughts, all my other ideas from uh, the world that's trying to invade my mind and truly meditate on God's word. But on top of meditating, I think God here, he's instructing, that, as he says, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. In the same sense, Joshua, he needs to be reading it daily. He needs to be studying it daily. And, and, and all of it, it encompasses all of it reading, studying, and meditating on God's word. When I think of reading, I think of like doing your daily devotions, you know, waking up in the morning or at night and, you know, uh, just going through your typical day to day reading, studying. I find that very similar to what we were doing downstairs in our seminar and really getting down to the nitty gritty and really looking at some of the truths that God teaches us. You don't really, when you study the Bible, at least how I see fit, you don't really necessarily read cover to cover, but you jump from spot to spot when you're really studying different topics and then meditating on God's word, just releasing all of your different thoughts and ideas and and, and meditating on God's word. And so we all need to be doing this. Some of us are doing a great job uh, with our reading and studying and meditating. And some of us, uh, to be brutally honest, some of us uh, could have drastic improvement when we talk about um, our uh, daily devotional life. I've gotten uh, kind of comfortable with you guys uh, these past uh, couple of years, so I can now tell you guys kind of how it is. I don't need to sugarcoat it. And the truth of the matter is that if you're only opening your Bible on Sunday morning, that is not acceptable. That is not acceptable. That's not acceptable in the eyes of God because God instructed his servant, which again could be applied to us as we are his servants today, that we need to be digging into his word both day and night. So again, I'm comfortable with you guys. I'm able to bring you guys uh, the the truth the the way it is, not sugarcoat it. If Sunday morning is the only time you're opening the Bible, it's got to change. It's got to change. It is not acceptable. And if you want to be a part of God's church, if you want to be a part of that group that takes part in God's coming kingdom, and you got to dig in to God's word. Now the question for us is, outside of this obvious reason that it's an expectation of the church to dig into God's word, what are some of the other benefits of reading God's word? Some of us may just need a little extra kick and the behind, a little extra motivation to to really dig into God's word. And so what are the benefits? What are the reasons as to why we should be digging into the Bible? Well, the truth of the matter is that the Bible answers that for us. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty neat. The Bible tells us why we should be reading it. I love it when, when uh, a certain source of information asks the, the question that I should be asking, because we all got to start with the why. Uh, Simon Seneca, I believe a book that we've uh, uh, referred to in the past, we got to start with the why. So why read God's Word? So this morning we're going to go through seven different passages in the Bible that, you know, kind of tell us the benefits of reading the Bible, that talks about why we should be reading it in the first place. And normally when we have uh, this many verses, uh, I would just quote them myself here in my notes and we wouldn't necessarily uh, find them in our Bibles. Um, But since we're talking about Reading our Bibles on a daily basis and opening our Bibles on a daily basis, I think it would be a good practice for us all to take out your Bibles, whether that be uh, you know, the hard print, the traditional way, the, the way that I personally like it, or uh, some of you guys, you like reading on your phone. That's totally acceptable. That's totally okay. And so I'd encourage you, if you have access to a Bible, whether that be your... Bible in the print or Bible on your phone. Take it out and we're going to be going through seven different scriptures this morning uh, to show uh, or to tell us why we should be reading God's word in the first place. Hopefully this will help us instill this practice of opening your Bible. Because the truth of the matter is we can't be digging into God's word if it stays shut all the time. The first step It's to open it. And so we're going to take that first step this morning, really practice that first step of opening God's word. So the first, uh, and and to help us all out, these are all going to be in order. We're going to start in the book of Psalm. I'll help you guys out. The book of Psalm is near the middle of your Bible. When in doubt, just open to the middle. Hey, I nailed it. Wow. Oh, Psalm 118, right right next to it. But we'll we'll be starting in the book uh, of Psalm, and we'll be reading Psalm 119. Psalm 119, the first passage that we'll read, Psalm 119, verses 10 through 11, and this is kind of the first passage that we'll see as to why the Bible tells us we should be reading the Bible. And so Psalm 119, verses 10 and 11 read, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wonder from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So here, uh, whoever, uh, the psalmist uh, here, we, we, we don't know. But the psalmist is saying that I have stored up your word, God, in my heart. Now, why in the world did this psalmist store up God's word in his heart? Well, he tells us. He says that I might not sin against you. So the psalmist says that he stored up God's word in his heart that he might not sin against God. Because the truth of the matter is, when we store God's word in our heart, it truly can help steer us away from sin. That is a beautiful, beautiful promise of the Bible and storing God's word in our heart. If we're behaving in a manner in which we shouldn't, and we have God's word stored in our heart, then that that scripture, that piece of scripture, is going to come to mind. And it's not automatically going to make the decision for us, but it's going to help steer you away from the paths of sin. And so that's one great way, one great reason as to why we all should be digging into God's word. Because when we store it in our heart, it leads us away from sin. And so if you are struggling with a particular sin, a sin that you just can't seem to to get rid of, the first question I would ask you is, are you digging into your Bible? Are you digging into God's word? Are you storing God's word in your heart? And if the answer is no, that's the first place you should start. Accompanied with prayer to God. We need to be digging into God's word. It steers us away from sin. So that's the first reason as to why we should be digging into the Bible as, as far as why the Bible tells us we should be. Second reason, reason number two, we we can find in uh, the book of Psalm as well, in Psalm 119, actually, verse 105, Uh, this is an extremely uh, long Psalm, the longest Psalm, longest chapter. Um, Psalm 119, uh, verse 105, and here this same psalmist writes, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So here the same psalmist, the same guy or woman or whomever it may be said that they store God's word in their heart that they might steer away from sin and they also read, they also dig into God's word as it is a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Reading God's word, it provides direction in our lives on a personal level if you are someone who feels as if you have no direction in your life, you have no idea where God wants you to be, the first question I would ask you is, are you digging into God's word? Are you digging into God's word? Because if we dig into God's word here, the psalmist says that it serves as a lamp to my feet. It serves as a light to our paths. It lets us know where we should be heading. So if you struggle with the direction in your life, I really encourage you to dig into God's word as it serves as a lamp and a light to our paths and the way in which we go. Reason number three as to why uh, we should read the Bible, uh, described in the Bible, is from the book of Isaiah. Um, So Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and Isaiah. So Isaiah chapter 40. So just a couple of books after Isaiah chapter 40, and we'll be reading um, from verse 8 here. Um, So Isaiah here in in chapter 40, verse 8, he's speaking to the people of Judah, basically to God's chosen people. And Isaiah, he's providing comfort for the people as he's kind of been harsh on them, saying, Hey, you guys are wicked people. You've fallen away from God. We need to repent from our sins. Babylon is coming. Babylon's going to come and destroy us. And so here Isaiah takes a minute. to comfort them. He's like, all right, these people have had enough. It's time to comfort these people. And so Isaiah, in the midst of comforting the the nation of Judah, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, he says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. It will stand forever. This is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. The word of God will stand forever, and so it's a word that we need to get ourselves behind. It's here to stay. God's word will be here to, to, to lead us from sin and guide us and our paths permanently. It's not something that we put our trust in, that we put our faith in, and the next day we know it disappears. No, not at all. God's word is here to stay. It will stand forever. Ever. Next reason, in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, the first book of the New Testament, about two-thirds of the way into your Bible. Matthew chapter 4, and we'll just be reading verse 4. And here we find another reason as to why we should be digging into God's word. And so what's taking place here in Matthew chapter 4, to kind of give you guys the context and idea of what's taking place, Jesus is being tempted by the devil himself. So Jesus, he he just got done going on a forty-day fast. That that's insane. Uh, I don't like going on a four-hour fast, but here uh, Jesus, he went on a forty-day fast. And at the end of this forty-day fast, being led in the wilderness by the Spirit, the devil himself confronts him, and he's tempting Jesus. And the devil basically says, "Hey Jesus, I know you're hungry. You see those rocks there? Why don't you turn these stones into bread?" You now to me, it, it kind of seems like a, a reasonable uh, question. You know, why, why wouldn't you do that, Jesus? But this is how Jesus responded to this temptation in verse 4. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So first off, we have to understand that Jesus, when he was being tem- tempted by the devil, he responded By a scripture that was stored in his heart. Jesus Jesus didn't have enough time when when he was tempted by the devil to, you know, oh, I know there's a scripture somewhere in here. No, it was stored in his heart. He knew the scripture. He was able to quote the scripture that man shall live on every word of God. We shouldn't live on bread alone. So, first point there is that Jesus he supports this notion in Psalm one nineteen eleven that storing God's word in our heart it leads us away from sin. The exact thing took place here in the life of Jesus. I find that pretty neat that Jesus was tempted just like you and I. Probably a pretty good indication um, that uh, he's not God. As God. It clearly indicates that God cannot be tempted, but here Jesus, he was tempted. And I find that so cool that he's tempted just like you and I. We have a high priest. We have a mediator who can not only sympathize with us, but he can empathize with us. He can truly put himself in our shoes because he was there just like you and I. He was tempted just like you and I. The difference between us and him in this regard is that Jesus, he never fell uh, into this temptation. where We all have fallen into the temptation to sin and actually sin. But Jesus here, he says, uh, in the actual quote, in the actual response, he says that uh, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus himself says that we need to be, our lives need to be in line with every word of God. Every single iota, every single word that we see in the Bible, we need to fit our lines and uh, fit our lives in line with his word. And the truth of the matter is we aren't going to be able uh, to live on God's word if we don't know what God's word even says. The first step is we have to be aware. We have to know what God's word says. Then comes the obedience. First comes the information. First comes the knowledge. And then comes the obedience. So next passage that we'll take a look at is John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The last gospel. John chapter 15, we'll be reading uh, verse 7 here in this passage. Jesus, he's giving an analogy. And uh, in this analogy, he describes himself as a vine. And his father, his God, is the vine dresser. And we are the branches. So we are in this analogy. And in this analogy that that Jesus gives of this vine, he says in verse 7, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Those are, those are bold words for Jesus to say, to say, if you abide in me and if my words, if the words of Jesus abide in you, then whatever you ask is my command. Your wish is, is my command, basically, is what Jesus is saying here in verse 7. This is a great reason as to why we should be digging into God's word in which the words of God and the words of Jesus, Jesus should be stored in our heart. And I think these are bold words, but, but I think it holds true. When, we, when the words of Jesus abide in us, then we'll find more and more that our will and our purpose is in line with Jesus himself. I mean, it's very similar to Jesus, you know, kind of aligning his will with God. As he, Jesus, he, he, he dug deep into God's word, and the more he did that, the more his will was lined up with God's. And so we today, the, the, the more we dig into to God's word, the more our will will be lined up with, with Jesus and with God, and so much so where Jesus says, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Second to last passage uh, we have here. You guys are doing great. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 16 and 17. So here Paul is writing to his follower Timothy. Paul, in this section, he's informing uh, Timothy of all of the godlessness, so all the wicked people that are about to come um, in the end times and uh, in the midst of all of this godlessness. Paul says that we can rely on something. And we see what that something is in verse 16. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So Paul starts off, he says, first off, Every word, or, or all this scripture is breathed out by God. It's inspired by God. These are the words of God in which he influenced and the, these authors to write. These are the words of God. It was breathed out by God. In the scripture, this word of God is profitable for a number of different reasons. Number one, it's profitable for teaching. When we dig into God's word, we, we learn more about the we learn more about God and we learn more about what God wants for each and every one of us. It's profitable for reproof and correction. Because at times all of us are knuckleheads. At times all of us are doing some things that we shouldn't be doing. And so this, this scripture provides as correction, it provides a, as a bit of a reprimandation and, and correction to our lives. And it's also profitable because it serves as training in righteousness. When we look at the lives of Jesus and Moses and Paul and these other great heroes of our faith, we know what it looks like to be righteous. And it trains us to be righteous. It makes us complete. That's the beauty of digging into God's word. Finally, we see in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 12, which shows us why we should be digging into God's word. Here in this context, the writer of Hebrews, whomever that is, whether it's Paul or not, uh, I don't know. um, But this writer of Hebrews is talking about our future hope in the kingdom. And he's talking about an eternal rest, a beautiful passage And we should be striving for this and to help us strive for this kingdom, for this eternal rest. The writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 4, verse 12, "...for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart." So the words of God are living and active. These words, that, or some of the words written thousands of years ago. Some of the words written about two, not quite 2,000 years ago. These words, they're living and active today in the year 2021. That's incredible. That's incredible as they are truly living and active and they're sharper than any two-edged sword. They pierce to our heart. They pierce to the division of our soul, of our whole being. It meets us where we are, whether we are in times of joy or in times of grief or in times of anger. It meets us where we are. It pierces us to our entire being as it's living and active. That's incredible. And so all of these seven verses, they show us the Bible itself tells us why we should be reading the Bible. is pretty neat. The Bible tells us that when we read the Bible, it leads us away from sin. It teaches us that it guides our path. It teaches us that this word is not going anywhere. It's going to stand forever, so we should put our trust in this word. We see that we shall live on every word of God as it can battle us against the temptations just like Jesus experienced. If we abide in the words of Jesus, and he'll grant us what we wish for. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training. And finally, it is living and active. All of these seven reasons are reasons today in which we should be digging into his word. On top of the reason of that's an expectation of being a part of God's church. And so it's time for us to take action. It's time for us to sincerely dig into God's Word. I feel like this is a theme uh, that we have talked about a number of times, um, and uh, it is a bit uh, repetitive, but but it's important. It's important to talk about building a habit of reading God's Word. Some of us, you're doing a great job. Some of you guys, you're doing a great job, and I would encourage you to, to, to do two things. One, keep it up. Keep it up. If you are doing a good job of digging into God's Word on a daily basis, keep it up. And number two, I would encourage you to spur and encourage others to read God's Word as well. Share with them all the benefits that you reap from digging into God's Word, how it positively impacts your life. And some of us may have work to do. Some of us may find that we aren't digging into God's Word. Some of us may find that that we need that encouragement. We need to be spurred on to read God's word, to dig deep into it on a daily basis. And for some of you guys, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle as it's hard to establish a new habit. It's always hard. It's never easy, especially for those of you, if you don't like to read That was me growing up. I hated to read, and let me tell you, it was a huge struggle to dig deep into God's Word because I just hated to read growing up. Fortunately, thank you, God, I I enjoy reading now, and so it's not uh, really too much of a struggle for me anymore, but I can sympathize with you. If you don't enjoy reading, it's going to be a struggle, and the truth of the matter is there's no easy way around it. We have to be aware that, yes, it's going to be a struggle to establish this habit. But it's a habit that we need to implement in our lives. The responsibility is on you. You have the information now. Now comes the obedience. Now comes the obedience and digging into God's word. When Christ comes back to establish God's kingdom, to rule the world and judge the world, I personally don't want to have to answer to him as to why I have not been digging into God's word. As on that day, no excuse will suffice. I don't want to be in that scenario. And so the truth of the matter is if you want to be a part of God's church, well, trust me, you do, you do, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful group, it's a beautiful membership, it's a beautiful family. And when you are a part of that family, we have access to the promise of the kingdom where we can spend an eternity with God himself and with Jesus and our other loved ones. is something that we will not want to miss out on, but to be a part of this group, kind of the membership, the expectations of this membership is that we have to be digging into his word. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word, Uh, the true miracle it is that we have access to it today. Father, I pray uh, for all of us that we can develop healthy habits of reading your word. Father, at this point, we're all aware of what needs to be done. Now, Father, comes uh, the difficult part in implementing it and obeying. And Father, I just pray that you give us the motivation, the courage, the drive to really, truly dig deep into your word. You've given us so many reasons as to why we should be doing it. And so please help us stay, stand on our ground and dig deep into your word. We love you. We long for the day in which your son returns to this earth. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.